Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing the crucial credit card benefits you aren't using. That's right, Joel. This episode is dedicated to credit cards. We're going to talk all about credit cards because we feel that they can be an incredibly helpful tool when it comes to getting ahead with your money. You've even written a love poem about credit cards, I believe. <laughs> I wrote a song at one point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what we're talking about this episode. But before we get to credit cards, man, how picky are you when it comes to deciding that food is bad purely based on the expiration date on the label? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I would say I pay attention to the expiration date, but it does not act as my master. Okay. So 
I was going to also ask too, because on our beer cans, <laughs> on, the, on the different beers that we purchase, they also have a little stamp on there typically as well. And on the different craft brewers, because... I pay more closely, close attention. To that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I pay more attention uh, to when this beer was canned and uh, how it pertains to its freshness than I do the date stamped on the milk, because you know what? It doesn't really matter uh, the date stamped on the milk, because guess what? That's the sell by date. It's well, it's the sell by date and it's completely voluntary. And so I think some folks know this, but the, the USDA makes it very clear that the expiration dates, the, the sell-by dates, the best if used by dates that are on different types of food, whether it's canned goods, you know, perishables like, you know, blocks of cheese, things like that, they are all completely voluntary and they really have no impact on whether or not the food that you're eating is safe. It is not a safety concern. It's completely up to the manufacturer to decide, okay, well, this product would be better if you use it by, you know, this date, but that doesn't mean that it's not something that you could consume. Yeah. So I'm always looking at that date when I'm buying because I want to get the freshest thing oh, possible sure. and yeah, I want yeah. it to last as long as possible. And so like if I'm picking out the spring mix or whatever, uh, and there is one that expires a week from today versus four days from today. I'm going to get the one that expires a week from today. Unless it's got that manager special sticker stuff right. on there. <laughs> exactly. You know, and you're like, okay, we're going to get to that tonight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll get the savings. Eat it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, I, I once it's in my house, I'm willing to eat it or use it past the expiration date as long as it still tastes and smells okay you know milk can get a little funky like three days after the best sell by date and i'm like yeah, pretty sure i'm not gonna drink that anymore uh, <laughs> but no I, I totally agree and i think sometimes we're throwing away money literally by throwing yes. away food when it's past the expiration date but it's yep. still perfectly good to eat yeah the usda estimates that 30 to 40 percent of the uh the food that we purchase goes to waste and oftentimes it's because we're tossing it out because we're afraid that oh i don't know i think this might be bad yeah uh instead of just looking at that expiration date, we would recommend for folks to give it, like you said, Joel, give it the, the old sniff test. You know, <laughs> is, is it the right color or is it the right texture? Uh, rely on your senses instead of just looking at that date that's stamped on there that's staring, you know, staring back at you. Yeah, don't throw away your beer either if it's, you know, <laughs> past that date. But when, again, look for the freshest beer possible and especially if it's like an IPA, like we're drinking today, it's the kind of beer that you're going to to want to ensure that you drink more quickly, closer to the canned on date because that's when it's going to be fresh and you're going to get you know the best flavor profile. The one that we're drinking today is called Chief of Chiefs by Bearded Iris. Looking forward to, to having this one while we talk about credit cards, man. That's right. All right, well, let's move on. Let's talk about credit cards. The, uh, the, the topic of today's episode is the crucial credit card benefits you aren't using. And Matt, uh, just kind of thinking about this episode, it made me think, what if someone was using their smartphone purely for the reason of making phone calls, uh, but nothing else. Like They didn't pull out their, their phone for anything else. And uh, I think... Kind of like a Zach Morris style. Right, it's exactly. Like, this exactly. is all I can do. The giant brick. You're going to catch know. me talking on my phone. Oh, he, yeah. You still have the coolest hair of anybody <laughs> ever in the 90s, I think. But yeah, y- younger folks actually tend to use their phones for everything but that traditional <laughs> person's purpose. I, I personally, like, someone calls me and I'm like, what do they need? Like, what's going on? Like, why are they calling? Why is my dad calling me right now? Why didn't he text me? Uh, I think that's kind of of normal for people in yeah. their 20s and 30s. It must days. be an emergency. Right, yeah. exactly. Or you're trying to, so I was actually on the phone during lunch today because I was trying to make a dentist appointment, which... Uh, I'm proud of you for. <laughs> hey, yeah, thanks, man. It's been nine years is is what the, the lady told me. Do so, not attempt this at home. <laughs> since the last time I had been there. And I was like, yeah, it's been a minute. But yeah, we'll keep listeners updated as that little adventure unfolds. I think uh, your, your teeth need their own separate Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be a weird account. <laughs> that would be. But yeah, so, so let's get back to the, the, the <laughs> matter at hand. Uh, it, would, it, would, it would be crazy to use your smartphone for nothing else than phone calls, right? Because yeah. it offers so much more. Like there's an excellent flashlight that helps me get around the house at night sometimes when the lights are off. There's an alarm clock on there. There's a GPS. You can listen to podcasts and audiobooks for free or read ebooks for free. You know, the, the library app Libby, that's one of my favorite apps mm. to, to read books on. So good. Just started reading The, the Martian. Uh, I watched the movie back in the day, but I was like, all right, I want to read this book. So, I heard it, heard it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting further into it. But that's really, that's only the tip of the iceberg, right, for the smartphone is the fact that you can call people. At this point in time, your phone goes way beyond just that that simple purpose. And our, our phones are basically like the, the modern equivalent of a Swiss Army knife. So, it, it, But we would say that credit cards are kind of like smartphones or Swiss Army knives. But a lot of folks are using their credit cards for really just one thing only. Um, and they're missing out on the variety of benefits that credit cards have to offer. Using them to their fullest extent is really important to extract the most value that you can. And so it's important to know about all of the benefits that credit cards have going for them. That's why we wanted to uh, yeah, make this episode. Yeah, it's sort of like if I had a Tesla and I was using it just to like drive over to your house, which is less than a mile away. <laughs> it would be a total waste of all the additional wonderful features that a fancy car like that has. Right. Yeah, that, you want to use that autonomous driving and you want to you want to get up to like 80 or 90 miles an hour on occasion. Like really quickly as well. Like, <laughs> because that's one of the things that it's good at. But while we're talking about credit cards, you know, some folks uh, might think that debit cards are the same thing as credit cards. No. Because after all, you know, they sure do look very similar. Not even close. Um, yeah. Or here's the thing. We can take it a step further. There might be folks out there who think that debit cards are actually even better than credit cards, and that's just not true. Way wrong. Yeah, when you dig into all the different benefits, this vast range of extra perks, that is what we're going to dig into today. And then, you know, there might be other listeners as well who are using their credit cards, but they're not taking full advantage of all the different benefits that they have access to, Joel, like you mentioned. Um, credit cards, you know, they're not inherently good or bad. Uh, they're, we, we feel that they're a tool and they can be incredibly handy, but just like all tools, credit cards can be used improperly. So, of course, we're going to discuss how you need to be careful with credit cards as well, but with the proper knowledge and the know-how, after today's episode, you'll be able to fully use credit cards to your advantage. Yeah, Matt, and I think, you know, I like what you said, that they're not inherently good or bad, because there are some people out there, I don't want to name any names, that would say that they are inherently a flawed tool or that they're inherently a bad <laughs> medium of exchange, right? To, to yeah. buy things with a credit card, you are wrong <laughs> and you are bad and so are credit cards. Um, and we just don't feel that way yeah. at all. We Those like same people should have to also say that, well, you know what? Miter saws are also bad because a lot of fingers have been lost <laughs> right. due to the, the, the miter saw or the chop saw. Right. So yeah. And, and even for people though, that, that say I use credit cards the right way, well, that's great. We would say, like, yeah, you're you're on our team. But uh, stats show that not everyone thinks the way that we do, right? According to research from the San Francisco Federal Reserve, even though credit card use has increased over the years, Matt, more people are still using debit cards uh, for transactions compared to credit cards. Like 30, 30% of people say, yeah, I, I usually go to my debit card. 24% of people say, no, I, I stick with my trusty credit card. Hmm. That's a problem. That's a huge percent of people that are using what we would say is an inferior vastly form of payment. inferior form of payment yeah. yeah and according to a report from the American Bankers Association nearly 40% of credit card users carry a balance and they're paying interest on that revolving line of credit so yeah for most folks who are smart 
smart with their money. Credit cards should be the first option of payment. And of course, carrying a balance is a definite no-go. So you want to be in that, you know, in between people that are using their credit cards, but they are paying it off in full at the end of every month. Because if you're using debit cards or you're using credit cards and you're not paying the balance off in full, you're making a mistake. Yes, it can take a little bit of finagling to make sure that you're using a credit card properly, right? It's like an obstacle course. You kind of have to maybe do a little bit of a jump to make sure you clear one hurdle, but then you want to duck so that you don't hit your head at the same time. It's kind of like floor is lava, like which... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my kids are obsessed with it right now. Like we watched it like a couple times on Netflix and then they have turned the house into Flora's Lava so, so like the biggest, almost every day. The biggest problem in our house is that they're throwing down like pillows and yeah. like these little towels on the floor and our floors were redone a couple years ago. So they're pretty slick and they're just busting. Like they're jumping <laughs> onto like the little islands and then their feet slide off from under them and they hit really hard and they, yeah, and there's tears. That's the big problem for us right now. It's all fun and games until someone gets a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's Okay, so we're, we're kind of touching on debit cards, right? And so let's talk about the big difference between debit and credit. There are a lot of important distinctions to make. The lack of rewards from most debit cards is definitely a downer, but we feel that the most important reason to opt for a credit card over your debit card is the protection that it provides. It's not the additional benefit or the additional money that you're going to receive from using that credit card, but it's your ability to hang on to your money, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's like it's like it's not even just that two percent cash back, which is something we're going to talk about in this episode. Rewards are nice, but like this is like one of the most important points that people don't talk about enough. Yeah, for you to be able to legitimately hang on to your own money. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, in particular, what we're talking about here is fraud protection. And so specifically here, if you don't report a fraudulent purchase made with your debit card within two days of that purchase occurring you could be on the hook for up to fifty dollars that sounds bad yeah but let's let's kind of kind of dial it up a little bit here if you don't notice it within 60 days you could be liable for up to $500 in charges. That's a lot more. Um, and if you don't notice that fraud within 60 days, then you could lose all of that money. There is no guarantee that you'd get any of that back. And so the protections that credit cards offer are just so much better. You're not going to be on the hook for purchases that you didn't make. Uh, and this is all thanks to the Fair Credit Billing Act, which passed back in the 70s, 1974. Yeah, it, it's it still strikes me as odd that debit cards don't have the same protections as credit cards, but it is definitely a huge pro, a huge checkbox um, in favor of credit cards over debit cards. The fact that they are treated better, essentially, from from this fraud perspective, um, you have a lot less to fear if there are uh, some purchases made with your card that you didn't actually make, you are less on the hook for them, which is just really important to point out. And something, like we said, doesn't get enough press. Yeah, and this is a real problem for around half of Americans who don't monitor their checking accounts weekly. You could easily uh, see yourself exiting some of those windows of time where you would have needed to respond quickly. Exactly. And on top of that, Matt, people are are fighting to get their own money back if there's fraudulent spending with a debit card. That money is out of your account and you're hoping to get it put back in there. But with a credit card, there's this delay between the purchase you're making and when you pay for it. So you're working to get charges reversed. You're not trying to claw your own money back. And that's a completely different situation, um, especially like if you need to pay your mortgage or pay the rent or pay a car payment or something like that. Hopefully hopefully not a car payment, but (laughs) avoid that last one. (laughs) But nothing has been taken out of your account when you're using a credit card. And I think that is one of the, the bigger perks uh, in favor of credit cards too, right? And especially as devices like 
Credit card skimmers are being used more frequently by criminals, especially at places like gas stations. They're hard to see. Uh, you can't tell, but when you stick your credit card in, uh, a criminal is nearby and they're stealing your, your credit card's information. And again, if it's a credit card, that's not as big of a deal as if it was a debit card. And it's also easier to dispute charges if you pay for a good that's damaged or you buy a service from a company that doesn't follow through. There's a decent chance that you're not going to be out any money at all. It's just not the same with a debit card. So that might be one of the perks of using a credit card that you haven't thought about, especially if you are a habitual debit card user uh, and you think you think that it's better for the way you handle money. Well, when you take this fraud factor into account, you might realize that actually a debit card is just not treating you the same way. And a credit card, you might be better off using that more frequently. Those protections are definitely one of the things that make credit cards such an excellent financial tool for yeah, purchasing, for making your everyday purchases. Yeah, being able to hop on there and dispute a charge when maybe a company might double dip that's happened to me before. Two identical charges, and that was incredibly easy to have removed from my statement. Yeah, and or, so, or literally a company who says we're going to deliver this item, and they don't deliver right. the item, and yeah. you like call them, and you don't get a response, and you're like, well, what else am I supposed to do? You call your credit card company, and they'll take care of it. They'll that's help you right. Out. So of course there are you know many other reasons why credit cards come out ahead over debit cards and even cash, and so we'll get to all of those different reasons right after this break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at AARP.org slash wise friend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? 
That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, oh, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back. We're talking about the crucial credit card benefits that you aren't using. A lot of people, CCCs. Matt, they, <laughs> they probably weren't as familiar with you know, the fraud protections that credit cards offer. I know some of our listeners, they're super savvy. They might have known that already, but a lot of folks don't know that. So yeah, we talked about that. Now let's talk about some of the, the more incredible credit card benefits that are out there. Uh, and just so you know, uh, so we're not sounding like complete homers, we will cover like some of the downsides of credit cards in a bit because there are some yeah. downsides to using credit, right? Like We uh, know that it's not for everybody. Exactly, exactly. So we will kind of give the caveats and the, the things that you need to be aware of if you are going to start using credit cards more regularly. Um, but, but let's start with the good stuff at least, Matt. And using credit cards is going to help build people's credit. Yes. That is definitely one of the perks of having a credit card. You know, we've talked about all the reasons that your credit score is massively important on other episodes. People can go back and check those out because, yeah, your credit score really is of mass importance in today's society. And so it's important for us to pay attention to that score and then work towards building it up. And smart, intelligent credit card usage is going to be one of the biggest factors in getting you there and getting you a higher credit score, which is going to lead to you know lower rates on, let's say, a mortgage that you're applying for. It could even affect you know whether or not you get the job that you're applying for. So uh, aside from monthly payments towards any loans that you have, paying your credit card on time or early is going to be one of the biggest contributors towards achieving that high credit score. And the longer that you have that credit card, right? Like let's say you have it for, you've only had your credit card for a year. It's going to help your credit score a little bit. Let's say you've had your credit card for 20 years, the same one, and you've been handling it well. It's going to reflect even better on your credit score and even better on you as a borrower. So yeah, boosting your credit score uh, with smart usage, that is one of the 
biggest benefits that credit cards have to offer. That's right. Another additional benefit, obviously, this is one of my favorites, are the welcome rewards or the sign-up bonuses for meeting different spending thresholds. You know, we uh, mentioned the Chase Sapphire Preferred card recently on the show because uh, right now you can get a $1,250 reward for spending $4,000 over three months. Not everyone spends that much money in a three-month period. And so, you know, don't go snagging a card and, you know, spending <laughs> way more than you normally would just to score a sign-up bonus. Sweet. I'm going to buy some but- extra jerseys for my favorite team. And, like, you know, <laughs> uh, don't do that. That's not that's not worth it then. Yeah, like 10 years worth of Atlanta United jerseys. <laughs> but do take it into account. That's a lot of free money. And the richest sign-up bonuses can provide a real benefit to you. Another example, if you live in a city where Southwest flies... That Southwest Visa credit card can be a great one because that sign-up bonus can provide quite a few free flights. Even better, uh, if you can get a companion pass, right? Yeah. If, if you have enough points to where your partner can fly along with you for free or, or virtually free, you know, just paying the taxes and fees, that is an incredible value that a credit card would offer, all for you just tracking your spending you know, within this platform of a credit card rather than it just being within your checking account. I've got a lot of Southwest miles, Matt, that I've got to use, uh, and they came from the sign-up bonus for that credit card. Nice. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to some free trips uh, in the near future. But, yeah, so the welcome rewards are definitely another big perk in favor of, yeah, using a credit card over any other form of purchase. Uh, Another big perk is not just that one-time sign-up bonus, but it's the consistent cashback or travel rewards that you earn just for spending on that credit card, like uh, for your everyday purchases, right? Where you'd normally be using something like a debit card or cash. It's basically like a rebate for the spending that you do every single month. Uh, you can travel for free if you use the right cards and use those sign-up bonuses and the recurring rewards for, for spending uh, with those cards to their fullest. The uh, yeah, the Chase Sapphire Preferred that you mentioned, Matt, has great everyday rewards in addition to that initial bonus. But let's be honest, that initial bonus is crazy sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's the tops. But you know, it also allows you yeah. uh, to, to you know, food delivery, travel yeah, expenses. Yeah. It's good yeah. for those things too. The Costco Visa is awesome for gas station purchases. The Amex Blue Cash Preferred is great for grocery store shopping. And then the City Double Cash Card is great for most of your other spending. Each of these credit cards kind of prioritizes a different way of rewarding your spending. And so, yeah, if you use them in the proper way, uh, you know, at the proper store, (laughs) you know, at the proper place, that is how you're going to be able to maximize those rewards. And those consistent cashback or travel rewards are going to, over time, you know, lead to a lot of additional benefits just from, yeah, spending the way you were normally spending, but putting it on a credit card versus something else. Yeah, that trickle of cash back into your account really adds up. And let's talk about, too, one of the additional benefits are the secondary rewards. You know, they don't get talked about all that much, uh, but some credit cards offer purchase protection, rental car insurance. Uh, Sometimes they extend the manufacturer's warranty. We talked about that, how we purchased uh, Kate's KitchenAid mixer with a car that offers that. Some cards even offer cell phone insurance now as well. And so it's worth digging a level deeper past those initial rewards and bonuses uh, that you get based on your spending to see what additional rewards the credit card uh, you have uh, or you're considering that they offer. Uh, You know, those secondary rewards can quickly add up to hundreds of dollars worth of value. I feel like oftentimes they can seem like the cherry on top. You know, it's just like, okay, well, it's it's nice that that does that, but, you know, I'm not going to base all of my decision upon that. But it's definitely something to keep in mind, right? Because you might think that it's just a secondary or just that kind of cherry on top. Until you bust your phone and then you find out that, oh, wow, my card uh, is going to be able to replace that $1,000 phone because you went big and you've got a, a really fancy cell phone. Right. With like a $50 or $75 deductible. Yes. And you're like, dang, that was like the cheapest replacement Seriously ever. paid off. Yeah. That cherry on top becomes like another like 
Sunday on top. <laughs> it's not just this additional benefit. It's got some serious weight behind it at that point. Yeah. By the way, to take advantage of those rewards, you have to be using that credit card in the right way. So you have to be paying, let's say, for your cell phone plan with that credit card that has that insurance. So if you're using the wrong credit card for the wrong things, you might not be able to take advantage of that secondary benefit. So that's important. And there are even some credit cards out there where the secondary benefits are their calling card, right? Like I'm thinking about the Amex Platinum card. Uh, that thing has a really expensive annual fee. But if you spend a lot of money on travel and you're spending uh, a ton on restaurants when you travel, you're in something like 10 times your normal cash back. Uh, that's a huge multiplier. But then on top of that, you also get those sweet secondary benefits like $200 for Uber Eats, a $20 credit every month if you pay for Audible or the New York Times, access to really nice airport lounges around the world. Oh, and it's also got that rental car insurance built in as well. That Platinum card has tons of additional benefits. It's crazy. But is it for everyone? Well, of course not. But if you are already spending that money, then this is an example where it would be a total no-brainer. Yeah, man, that's true. Most people would see that annual fee and they would balk. But when you look at those secondary benefits, it's that card is rich in those secondary benefits. It, it, it all depends on how you spend your money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another thing, too, is, is credit cards are accepted pretty much everywhere, just like cash. Like, you don't have to worry about whether or not the retailer that you're visiting takes cards because basically everyone does. Yeah. And Matt, we were talking about this the other day. The, the stadium where we go, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, where the Atlanta United play, uh, our soccer team. Sometimes where the Falcons lose. Uh. <laughs> where the Falcons usually lose, unless they're away oh, from home. That's where they lose. Yeah, they, yeah that's true. <laughs> Sorry, we don't want to be haters. But yeah, they recently, in 2018, they went cashless. And so actually, I feel like credit cards are more widely accepted now than cash, uh, in, you know, in, in some instances. The fact that you go there and people are pulling out their wallet and trying to hand over, you know, a $10 bill and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we don't take that stuff here. Uh, it, it's funny how the tables have turned. It used to be like cash was accepted everywhere, credit cards most places. But now it's like credit cards everywhere, cash most places. Yep. Plus, it just helps folks move along a little bit faster. You know, you don't want to miss any of that action. So if you jump up out of your seat because you want to grab a beer, you don't want to have to sit there and count out all your all your bills and you know how the cashier count out the change back and, to you. and you definitely don't want to be behind the person at the grocery store who's writing a personal check yeah it's been a minute since that's <laughs> i've actually experienced that that's you, the, that's does the that happen to you recently it's no it's been a while okay. but uh every time it does happen I'm annoyed, thoroughly yeah. annoyed. <laughs> yeah, and, and like one other little thing about credit cards, another perk is that it makes it easier to track your spending. You know, when the dollar bills are flying out of your wallet, it's a little harder to document where they're going. But the digital log that's essentially kept by the credit card company that you can infuse into a service like Mint or YNAB if you wanted, it just makes it easier to track where your your money's going, easier to budget, I think. Yeah, you can, can see all your spending in one place, just a little more easily, a little more digitally. So that, that's, that's like one of the smaller perks, I would say, that credit cards offer. Yeah, and so those are some definite advantages or some benefits that credit cards offer. But like any powerful tool out there, it's important to handle credit cards with care. You know, it makes me think of like a chainsaw <laughs> with a with a proper uh, precautions, with a proper safeguards in place, and the knowledge that you're using it properly and using it in the proper context as well. Like you know, Joel, you wouldn't want to use your chainsaw to like trim your tulips, right? Oh, like, I'm not. That's not what it's for. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's good to know. You don't want to do that. <laughs> if you keep that in mind, a chainsaw is a great tool. But if you use that chainsaw in the wrong way, you could do some serious damage to yourself. Uh, I've I've uh, had friends, I think, who have yeah done a little accidental really? leg, leg damage with a chainsaw. Ooh, so yeah, oh, sorry to hear that. Not any time recently, right? No, I think okay. it was my friend's dad, like a few years back. But okay. he's okay. He's okay. It's just, but it's very painful still. 
I'm sure. <laughs> we took like a somber, serious uh, turn here <laughs> with the chainsaw example. But let's you know cover some potential negative outcomes if uh, you use credit cards improperly. Yeah, let's not, not the chainsaws. Yeah, not the chainsaws because there's just there's a lot of terrible stories we could tell probably. But yeah, you, you might end up paying more is one of the drawbacks of using credit cards, right? Because some stores are starting to charge extra if you pay with a credit card instead of like a debit card or paying with cash. And uh, yeah, this is basically because businesses are directly passing the expense of accepting credit cards directly onto you. Like some gas stations have been doing this for years. Like you can see it on the sign. They have a cash yeah, price yep. and a credit card price, right? So if you can pay 5% less by not using a credit card, I'll take that savings and I'll pay with a, you know a debit card. Although I don't even think I have one in my wallet. Like I literally only have credit oh, really? cards and my license in there. I still keep it just in case I want to get my hands on some cash which from, from the ATM. Now yeah. that I say that out loud, I'm like, when is the last time <laughs> that I actually withdrew money out of an ATM? And gosh, like it's probably been time. like three, three to five years. And so. Yeah, I think you just helped me realize I don't need <laughs> that check card in my wallet anymore. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, basically, the, the, like one of the potential drawbacks is to that you need to be aware that you might not always be getting the lowest price if yeah. you use a credit card. I, I don't think that's the case often enough. Um, in fact, I can't think of a time besides going to a gas station that that has ever been a problem. But I know credit card fees and the costs to businesses are going up. And so that is something that, yeah, we might see more of in the future. That's true. Yeah. And one of the other drawbacks is that using credit cards could cause you to spend more than you otherwise would. You know, it's really easy to swipe that plastic where you are. Uh, we don't swipe anymore, Matt. We insert. Don't you remember that? Come on. Or you just like kind of tap it and tap hold it. There. it. The tap is super chill. Uh, that's true. But while you're doing that, you're essentially like you're blissfully unaware of the fact that you're actually, you know, spending money. <laughs> right. Like there have actually been a few different studies which show that people are more likely to spend more money when they're paying with a credit card precisely because it doesn't feel 100% like real money. Remember when we mentioned uh, those delayed payments as a positive if there's fraudulent spending on your card? You know, that upside is what provides some of those consumer protections, uh, but it can also slightly numb you to those expenses when you don't immediately see that money leaving your account. It doesn't actually feel like that you yourself are making that purchase. It's like, oh, that's 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 tomorrow's Matt that has to deal with that problem, not today's Matt. Today's yeah. Matt wants this product right now. Well, yeah, there is definitely something visceral about having dollar bills in your possession, handing them over to someone else, and you're like, what was mine no longer is mine. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and when you tap a credit card, you're like, boink, oh, that was chill. Um, I got, got my stuff, and I'm moving on with my life. But it doesn't feel like you've given anything up, and so I agree. I think that is probably, if there's a biggest drawback to credit cards, that is it. Yeah. It is the painless way in which we can spend uh, and be less cognizant of our purchase, leading us to yeah become undisciplined. So, totally. uh, and I think too, Matt, people could go from being a disciplined credit card user to being a non-disciplined credit card user. Like there's a continuum, and we move up uh, and down the continuum. Someone that is handling a credit card well, it doesn't mean that they're always going to be handling a credit card well. Yeah, true. So yeah, it's it's important to keep an eye on your finances and to make sure that you aren't changing your habits because having credit cards is making it easier to spend. We, we would suggest finding a way to feel the pain when you spend with your credit card, whether it's like keeping this manual log of purchases, having a little like notebook on hand where you write it down and, and that in and of itself 
can help you feel the pain and it can oh. yeah help you realize that you are actually parting with money when when you you know tap or insert your credit card or maybe paying off your credit card balance more frequently that can be just another way you're like all right i'm going in there like once a week um and that can be just a behavioral element that helps you mm. curb your usage in a way that allows you to realize the benefits uh, of a credit card without becoming just a completely undisciplined credit card user yeah and that can keep you more on budget as well if you're checking in more frequently if you're checking in weekly on uh, uh, what you're spending through your credit card that can help keep you from overspending uh, by the time you get to the end of the month and you're just spending nilly willy just like you normally would, but in reality you're you know hundred maybe $200 over, uh, say, your entertainment or your grocery budget for that month. This is a reason why, too, like I continue to command C, command V, you know, copy and paste all of those charges from my credit card statement, my recent transactions into my budget in Excel in order to actually emotionally see and feel uh, those purchases as, you know, compared to, like you said, it just kind of disappearing from your account. You don't really emotionally account for that. But by allowing myself to see the ugly truth of what I actually have been spending, that also helps to uh, keep me on budget. And, uh, you know, taking it a step further, like you might literally be spending money that you don't have when you're using a credit card. Harder to do with cash. <laughs> that, yeah, that is true. Uh, but by doing that, like that's going to lead you into debt, right? Uh, and, you know, it's nearly impossible, though, to do it, you know, were you to use cash or debit instead. But like I say, nearly, because if you're using a debit card and you haven't opted out of overdraft protection, well, you could amass a lot of fees through poor spending habits even still. But credit cards have been a major problem for Americans due to an inability to handle them well. Uh, and credit card debt remain, still remains a big problem in our country, even though the overall amount of credit card debt has fallen over the last 18 months or so. Being a, a disciplined credit card user is crucial so that you avoid the biggest downside of all. Uh, and that is, you know, keeping that recurring balance, uh, carrying that balance month to month and paying that extra, you know, 18 to 25% on everything that you buy, where you're paying those additional interest payments to the credit card companies. That is the most expensive and probably the worst way to actually use a credit card. Those Aldi purchases start to look like Whole Foods purchases after that, you know, <laughs> you're like, dang. <laughs> oh, say it ain't so. <laughs> That'd be the worst. Uh, it, it's true though. Like, you yeah. know, anything you're like, I just got a great deal on this, but it's not a great deal. If if you bought it, you know, with credit. If you're and, paying interest. And yeah. If you're paying interest, you, you're not paying, you know, that, that credit card bill off on time and in full every month. Everything costs more than you think uh, in that case. And yeah, it's a recipe for financial disaster. Let's talk about another potential downside of credit cards, Matt, annual fees. I've, I've heard from folks uh, that are paying an annual fee on their credit card. They're just like, man, I just don't get much value out of it. And so they're annoyed or they're upset by the fact that annual fees exist on credit cards. And I get that, right? I think like it makes me ask the question, like, should annual fees be a turnoff to getting a credit card? I think in some cases it, 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 it should be like it doesn't make sense for some folks to get a credit card with an annual fee. But I would say if you choose to sign up for a credit card with an annual fee, make sure that it provides value that exceeds that fee. Right. Some people are just generally annoyed by them. And I'm like, yeah, they, they don't want them just based on principle. Yeah. And it's like, well, don't I don't hate the game. Like, I understand that just, you know, based on principle only that you don't want to do this. But like you got to do the math, right? Well, we were talking about the Chase Sapphire Preferred and it's like that one does come with a $95 yeah. annual fee, but you're going to get $1,250 of value <laughs> when you sign up, not to mention the recurring re value that you're going yes. to hopefully get every year from using that credit card well. Yep. And so for most people that sign up for that card, uh, they realize more than $95 worth of value every single year by using that credit card wisely. Um, so yeah, we would say, how much are you actually getting in rewards from that card? 
or from the secondary benefits like rental car coverage that you know are you using it as much as you thought that you would use it the calculations for each person are going to be different of course based on how you spend just because you read on some blog that this is the best credit card of all time doesn't mean that it's the best credit card of all time because you spend differently than the person who wrote that article exactly Um, so yeah you have to really take that into account for your own situation does it make sense for me to have a card with an annual fee or not run the numbers and see but just because that card comes with an annual fee doesn't mean that it's automatically not a good idea for you either that's right man and you know the different rewards that the credit cards offer are going to be so enticing, right? But here's the thing. You have to be disciplined enough in order to actually redeem those rewards. That sounds like the easy part, Matt. It, it does. <laughs> you might be wondering, like, who actually wouldn't, you know, get that cash back? What numbskull <laughs> isn't redeeming the rewards they're, they're, uh, they're getting? Uh, actually, 31% of folks, according to a bank rate study, are not redeeming points or rewards uh, that are in their accounts. And so stay organized with any cards that you do open so that you can use them well and actually redeem and and enjoy the benefits that you're earning. Don't let those points or the cashback rewards expire. I know with my Capital One card, you can actually have automatic credits uh, applied to your balance once it reaches a certain amount. And so that's one card that I know that I don't have to worry about redeeming those points because they automatically, for me, I've got it set at $25. So every time it hits $25, boom. Just that bonus gets applied to my statement balance. And for me, that's just a small little windfall that I don't have to worry about. That's like keeping it simple, too, when it yeah. comes to, to credit cards, right? I just, love that. Yeah, I, I like the, the automatic statement credit, too, mm-hmm. for, for some of those cards. But yeah, Matt, how, how do our listeners find out which credit card is right for them? And also, too, there are actually some ethical concerns around credit cards that we want to cover because that is one of the other downsides, right? There, there are some people who don't handle credit cards well, and that impacts our ability to earn some of these rewards. We'll talk about that and more right after this break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money 
Joel. So we were just recounting our trip to Scotland. This is the trip that we took this time last year, actually, with some of our friends over the weekend. And one of the highlights from Edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're (laughs) You're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back. We're talking about the different crucial credit card benefits. And Joel, you kind of teased to the, you know, the, the ethical question. And let's kind of kind of dive into that right now. You know, it's, it's important to note that the different benefits we receive from the credit card companies, right? Sign-up bonuses, rewards, and points, they do come at a cost. Uh, similar to the way that lottery proceeds uh, in some states go to fund higher education for, for lots of middle-class kids, rewards for people who handle their credit card responsibly are only possible because there are some Americans who don't use their credit card well. And effectively, they're the ones paying for the rewards of disciplined credit card users uh, to the tune of sky-high interest rates, right? They're subsidizing you and me, basically. Yeah, yeah. There's no free lunch. And the rewards we benefit from are only possible because some people get a credit card and aren't able to use them, unfortunately, without them going overboard. Yeah, so not only do credit cards have a downside, a behavioral downside for us, there are a lot of people who use credit cards and they experience that behavioral downside in reality. And they're the ones who are constantly, consistently racking up more and more debt, paying more and more in interest and fees to the credit card companies every single month. And that's the reason we're able to have you know some of those rewards. If that wasn't the case, we wouldn't have access to some of those generous sign-up bonuses, cashback and travel rewards that the credit card companies make available. Uh, and yeah, even folks who pay in cash or with their debit card, they're also picking up the tab for the rewards that we receive, right? That, that's because the credit card companies charge merchants a fee to take your credit card, often somewhere between the range of like 1% and 3% of your overall purchase amount, that gets funneled directly to Visa, Amex, and MasterCard. Uh, and the credit card companies that offer the best rewards, well, they charge the highest fees 
to those businesses. So yeah, that business is paying Visa and MasterCard a chunk of change each month. And really that results in higher prices for everyone. So yeah, this business is just saying, you know what? I normally pay Visa and MasterCard $20,000 a month because I do that much business. I have to pass that increased cost on to all my customers. And so yeah, the folks uh, paying with debit or credit who aren't getting re rewards are actually you know penalized the harshest because of that, which yeah, is another kind of ethical quandary. Right. Yeah. But I mean, with that in mind, you know, we still don't think that these merchant fees, which you know, basically get absorbed in the form of slightly higher prices for everyone, is something that should deter us from using credit card rewards to our advantage. You know, like we feel that this is an entrenched system. This is how things are right now. And this could change in the future. You know, it will be interesting to see if uh, DeFi, which is decentralized finance and different cryptocurrencies, it will be interesting to see if those have an impact on how we pay in the coming years. But for right now, you know, credit cards are the most popular game in town and it's smart to play that game because it can provide meaningful financial rewards. Joel, I feel like maybe another way to, to help us to think about this is like, let's let's talk about ice cream, right? I was talking about like the cherry on let's top. Let's talk about ice cream. The Sundays <laughs> earlier. Like I enjoy ice cream. I think I probably enjoy ice cream maybe more than the average person. Uh, but here's <laughs> the thing. I enjoy ice cream responsibly. I'm not throwing down like a pint or a gallon of it every single night, even though I might be tempted to. I enjoy it responsibly. And even though if it was in your freezer, you probably would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that. And because of that, I don't purchase it oftentimes when I'm tasked with going to Aldi to pick up certain things things, right? Because you know yourself. Exactly. I know myself. But I also know that when our family purchases that ice cream, there's money that goes to that company that makes that ice cream. And obviously some of it's used in order to make more ice cream, but some of that is going to be used towards advertising, right? And that advertising might cause somebody else to purchase ice cream. And what if that person doesn't maintain uh, maybe a healthy level of self-control? It doesn't necessarily mean that ice cream is a bad thing. It's just, I think ultimately it comes down to our own personal responsibilities and to make sure that we're consuming things in a healthy way. In the same way, I think when it comes to credit cards, we need to to make sure that we are personally being responsible with our own usage. And that is why that we often talk about consumption. It's why we talk about using credit cards in a responsible way and making sure that you are not carrying a balance month to month because we don't want you to be on the losing end of that credit card bargain. Yeah, Matt, I do think that credit cards do do pose at least some sort of ethical question that we have to wrestle with. But I agree with kind of where you're coming down on this. And I think using credit cards responsibly and wisely and using those rewards well is intelligent, even though not everyone does the same. All right, well, let's, let's talk about how people can find out which credit card is right for them. Because like we said earlier, they, they aren't all created equal. Uh, and one credit card that right, might be right for you and how you spend, Matt, uh, and you know the vast amount of money you spend at Aldi, you know, might not be... <laughs> <laughs> Might not be like the same uh, one that I should be getting, right? We got a lot of mouths to feed, man. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, there's you do too. But yeah, that's true. Not as many as we do. Yeah, <laughs> no, you've got more. But yeah, there's this like big difference between getting a suit straight off the rack from a place like H and M, right? Right. Uh, or or getting a, a bespoke suit that fits you perfectly. Oh, fancy. Or having a dress specifically tailored to yeah your body type, right? And so to find the best credit card for you, it's important to look at how you spend. Again, you know, looking at what the blogger recommends as the single best credit card out there, that is in all likelihood 
not going to be the best credit card for you, although it might have been for them, right? So we would suggest comb through your spending, uh, like the last six months, right, in particular, and perform an assessment. Like, what are the categories that you tend to spend the most money in? Uh, and caveat, if you normally spend more money on travel and you're planning on ramping that up again, take that into account because a lot of uh, these credit cards, of course, specialize in travel rewards. But yeah, doing the math is going to be a major help as you attempt to find the credit card that makes the most sense for you. So yeah, if your family is more like Matt's family and you're spending a lot of money at the grocery store every single month, although even though you have a lot of mouths to feed, you do a pretty good job keeping that bill uh, relatively in check. The Amex it's still expensive though. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but like the best by far, in a way, you know, uh, credit card for grocery store purchases is the Amex Blue Cash Preferred because you oh, get yeah. 6% cash back 6%, on groceries. Man. And so, yeah, that makes that, that, even though that card comes with an annual fee too, that card is like a slam dunk for people still, that spend, you know, six or $7,000 yeah. a year at grocery stores. Yep. Still 100% worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. And sticking, you know, with a suit or the, uh, the dress analogy, if you're often in situations that call for fancy clothes, then chances are you're going to have probably more than one fancy outfit, right? And so similarly, having a few credit cards likely makes the most sense for folks out there. It provides uh, a helpful amount of diversification when it comes to the cards that you can put your expenses on, not only in rewards, although that is a great reason in and of itself. Totally. Many people have found out in 2020, 2021, the banks can simply cut your limit at a moment's notice. You know, and so I like having uh, a slew of different benefits that I can take advantage of. So having a set of cards that each offer different perks, uh, I found to be the most helpful. Yeah, having a few different credit cards that help you maximize rewards, but then also mean that if one of your cards <laughs> does get axed, the limit gets axed, and you're like, dang it, I can't, you know, I can't charge very much on this card anymore you have other options. That's right. Uh, and that's an important part of it too, having enough credit cards in your mix. And at the same time, having more of those credit cards uh, active and available to you is going to be better for your credit score um, over the years too. Yeah, it's good to have some variety, but you don't want to go over the top. Exactly. Yeah. So simplicity is really another thing that we recommend really in all facets of money life. But same thing with credit cards, right? Can you maybe squeeze a little more in rewards out of your spending by upping the number of credit cards that you have from four to 10. Yeah, yeah, you probably can. Like you're probably, yeah, probably so. <laughs> going to realize some some more rewards, but having those first 3 or 4 is actually where you're going to see the most uh, most of those benefits coming in. Each additional card can provide maybe a, another small uptick in value, but you know, you're going to experience diminishing returns with each additional credit card that you open. And there is, I would say, value in, in not having too many credit cards that you have to keep up with uh, unless you're, you know, honestly, Matt, as organized as somebody like you who like, you're like the spreadsheet <laughs> If, you're, if you're a details nerd. Yeah. I mean, it does come down to the type of person you are, right? If you are more, I guess, detail oriented, maybe if you like spending an extra amount of time on that, because it is going to take a little bit of time to stay organized, but it does kind of come down to your natural tendencies, your own personality. But, you know, Joel, I, I will say, I used to, I feel like I used to fall more on that side of the fence uh, kind of back in the day. But more and more, I find myself kind of drawn to the simplicity camp, uh, unless there is just a really sweet card. For instance, again, the Chase Sapphire <laughs> Preferred. Uh, but like, so it, it, you're, you're going to really appreciate this, but it makes me think of disc golf. And there are some disc golfers out there. You'll go out there and you'll see them. They've got these backpacks and they've got like 20 discs, 20, 30 discs in there. No joke. Each one of them does something special. They're, they're highly... Like minor... Minor tweaks, right? Yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. the way they throw or uh, for a specific e shot. Each one has like a, a its own personality. Like <laughs> like it does something special. But for me, like I'm the kind of disc golfer that I don't really know. Like I just throw it hard as hard as I can, as straight as I can, <laughs> typically. And so, I, like literally, I've got three discs, and I've got a driver, 
and I, I typically use the driver and the putter. And I have that third disc, honestly, just as a backup in case I lose one. <laughs> and that's fine for me. And it allows me to go out and enjoy time that we go out to the disc golf course. We can throw. And for me, there's no additional thought that goes into it. I am able to do what I want to do with those two discs. Maybe, maybe that's why you lose all the time, though. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I do remember, I think, stomping you last time, last time we went out. But for me, that's where I am on my disc golf journey, right? At some point, if we start doing this more, maybe I'll get a few more discs. And I'll be like, oh, this one is great for... Or, you know, if I want to slice it, you know, kind of have it kind of wrap back around the trees. But for right now, I'm not really that advanced yet. I'm just looking to throw it hard and straight or I'm just looking to set it right there in the basket uh, with a lot of control. And so for me, it comes down to what I'm looking for out of my discs. And in the same way, when it comes to credit cards, it comes down to your own you know, personality, like where you are on your personal finance journey and what you're looking for your credit cards to do for you. Yeah. And you can complicate it as thoroughly as you want to. That's just not really our style. Like we, yeah. we have a, a tendency uh, towards simplicity and that's what we're going to recommend <laughs> for most of our listeners to not overdo it because there are some downsides to overdoing it trying to extract as many possible rewards as you can out of these credit cards and granted like take advantage of the rewards like that's one of the biggest perks of getting credit cards in general but there is a potential downside to complicating things too much but again keep in mind that credit cards are awesome for disciplined folks not so much for people who can't pay the balance off on time and in full uh, or who can't control their spending and so if you plan to use a credit card, you know, like half of Americans do and you carry a balance, well, stick with cash or a cash equivalent. You know, that type of usage leads to thousands of dollars in recurring debt that will stick with you continually. And that is what makes credit card companies money. That is what dramatically reduces your ability to make those positive money moves that will help you to achieve financial independence. Yeah, totally. And don't let the positive benefits of credit cards that we just mentioned cause you to sign up for one. If you know that you're not going to be able to use it well, if you know that you're not there, know yourself. Uh, the right tool in the wrong hands ends very badly, right? As we've talked about earlier. But yeah, if you can stay disciplined, use the credit cards that you have to your full advantage. And after you figured out which credit cards are best for how you spend, consider bringing another one into your life to maximize your rewards. And so I've actually written an article about yeah the best credit cards for how people spend. Like w whether you're you know a grocery store maximizer or you spend a lot at the gas station, uh, who where do you spend the most money and which credit card is going to make the most sense for you uh, in that situation? That article is up on howtomoney.com and will be linked to in our show notes, along with a link to the Chase Sapphire uh, preferred card, which we mentioned a few times in this episode, just because the rewards on that card are particularly excellent. So yeah, you can, They're so you can huge. check that out as well. Like, dude, those, I mean, that's a card I have right now. And I'm really looking forward to that 1250 welcome bonus that's going to show up here uh, in a couple months. But for now, man, let's go ahead and get back to the beer that you and I uh, enjoyed on this episode. During this episode, you and I enjoyed a Chief of Chiefs, which is a double dry hopped double IPA from Bearded Iris up there in Nashville, Tennessee. What were your thoughts on this beer, buddy? Man, this beer tasted really fresh. And, and I think one of the things I appreciate the Speaking most of, of the expiration beer, dates, this one, <laughs> yeah, I was like bottled yesterday or yeah. <laughs> canned recently. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like when you crack a beer and you instantly get that bouquet of like hop hop flavors hop notes coming straight into your nostrils that's a good sign uh and this this beer definitely had that going on where the smell was intense in yeah. a really good way uh and it kind of overpowered my senses and i was like oh yeah this is gonna this is gonna be a good one and it really was um it, it really was the precursor the wonderful smell was a precursor to a delicious taste so uh i really i really like this ipa and i haven't really been disappointed with any bearded iris ipas yet and this one definitely didn't disappoint either 
Okay, Homestyle. That's like they've got a Homestyle double. That one's pretty good. This is way better. That's better I, yeah. I mean, I would say this is the best IPA I've had from Bearded Iris. Definitely helps that it's dry hot because when it kind of has what we've described before, almost as that blue cheese kind of funkiness, where it has that bitterness from the hops that translates into this deep, rich flavor. That sharpness. Oh my gosh, uh, I am for it every single time. And I'm glad that you and I got to enjoy this one today. But that's going to be it for this episode. Listeners can find our show notes and some links to some of the different cards that we mentioned during this episode uh, up there at howtomoney.com yeah but as they always say at the end of like alcohol commercials use use it wisely use in moderation right (laughs) so uh, (laughs) same thing is true with credit cards but um, yeah Matt that's that's gonna do it for this episode so until next time best friends out. best friends out Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.